0: before you listen to today's episode i just wanted to make a quick correction we talk about a documentary that i called 1964 but it's actually called 1946 so i just wanted to clear that up if you're looking into it yourself and i hope you enjoy the episode we're back
1: we are back we're back back again
0: i'm so sorry you guys last time it was two weeks and i said Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. We upload every week, and then two and a half weeks later...
1: We upload every two weeks.
0: Oh gosh. (laughs) So, our days are so crazy, you guys. We both work full-time, not necessarily in the house anymore. I was at home, and now, unfortunately, I'm back in an office setting. Really unfortunate when you can't, like, shower and vacuum the house on your lunch break. Um... So we work, like, till 5, and then we pick up Liv from her babysitter, and then we eat dinner, she eats dinner, she has to get a bath by 6, we take her on a walk, because it's the only thing that calms her down at night, she goes to bed at 8, and then we have, like, an hour and a half together, and most of the time that's done, like spent doing dishes vacuuming
1: your dishes or cleaning prepping or...
0: food maybe yep. watching a show if we're lucky so i'm so sorry you guys have been on the back burner that's so rude
1: but you know we're trying we're doing our best and if it comes down to every two weeks then you guys get to love on us every two weeks
0: and we get to love on you because you are our fam our unfiltered fam and there's more of you our family is growing
1: Ooh, welcome to the club everybody
0: hello so let's take a deep breath
1: and we're back best <laughs> and worst part of your week
0: what remember i had that conversation with you about how we should say best and hardest instead of worst worst is so dramatic okay hardest is just like that was tough
1: yeah all right so because
0: honestly sometimes i don't have a worst part of the week it's just there's a hard part
1: yes very true i remember i forgot we are started you, that are, on the are last you one.
0: okay with that
1: Oh yeah, I don't care. I'm good. I just want to talk about the best because I have been cooking <laughs> because his all best is like day. five
0: hours old.
1: Not even it's like an hour old. So one of the perks that I still work at home a couple days a week is that I can do a couple things. So today I decided to smoke ribs and chicken for the first time. Got a new smoker yesterday. It's a Cuisinart uh, propane smoker. It's pretty cool. Pretty never big. never done it before. Never tried it. So it looks
0: like a big refrigerator
1: kind of yeah it's got a big door in it big metal we're gonna cube have, we already
0: liked having parties and having people over and backyard parties and hosting and cooking can you imagine the parties we'll have with a smoker
1: smoke fest
0: we could be like lucille's it's a southern restaurant by us we mm. could smoke the shit out of anything
1: yeah we can and we started today so what we did was we made ribs i went and got some ribs you got to strip that little silver piece off of it and expose the meat i didn't know that delicious
0: what if you didn't do that
1: Then it would be really chewy and gross and you'd be like chewing on skin.
0: Well, you did a really great job because that didn't happen. Tell them what you marinated the ribs in. It was delightful.
1: So once I pulled that little silver piece off, I rubbed them with Jack Daniel's apple Tennessee whiskey. And then I put this apple rub on them that we got at the farmer's market. Shout out to the farmer's market. Pretty cool.
0: It was like a cool small batch seasoning from some guy that he makes in his garage.
1: And it was killer. Amazing. So then we cooked them for two hours, and I worked for those two hours. Then I took a 15-minute break, brought them in, wrapped them up in tinfoil, added some butter and some honey, put them back in for another. Did you, like,
0: read about doing that somewhere, or did you just decide to butter and honey? I looked up a recipe. Oh.
1: I mean, I totally did it all myself. I just had a hunch. So then I put them in for two more hours. Got them nice and nice and juicy and just delicious for two hours. So we're at four hours now. Then you pull them off. You lather them up with your favorite barbecue sauce. Cook them for approximately thirty minutes, and the barbecue sauce kind of crystallizes on top and gets sticky.
0: Oh god, they're so good.
1: You serve.
0: I don't even love ribs, and I loved these. They were so good there was a smoke ring that like pinkish hue on the outside of the meat because it's all smoky they were like sticky and they were gooey and ch- chewy but crispy oh
1: ooey gooey chewy ribs yeah but
0: and the best part is that we have enough leftovers for two days worth of lunches so we made four leftover meals with like the veggies and the oh hello you didn't just barbecue ribs
1: uh I barbecued chicken
0: a whole damn chicken
1: and what did i do on the chicken
0: oh so good the brine was life-changing
1: another recipe i looked up
0: i've we've never brined we've never i mean i've heard of brining but we've never i've never actually heard done of it, it but i didn't really
1: anything. know what it was
0: oh my gosh you guys so, it was like life-changing this chicken was one of the best i've ever had and i've yeah. had some good rotisserie chicken
1: so we did uh eight cups of water one cup of salt half a cup of brown sugar
0: Fancy pink Himalayan salt.
1: No, I used your fancy pink kosher salt. Wait, what? I'm just kidding. It wasn't pink.
0: (laughs) It wasn't that blue bottle with like, it's like,
1: it was the old one that was like shoved in the back. Yeah. Okay. So I used that and soaked it in there for about three hours. So it got nice and salty and juicy. And I cooked it. That's what he calls me. For like two and a half hours. It said to only cook it for an hour and a half, but it needed to get up to temp. So we went about two and a half hours, but it came out so like, wet and moist <laughs> Ew, don't use
0: the <laughs> word
1: i like i cut into it i checked we the temperature
0: thought that it wasn't cooked
1: yeah because i, it I was checked so the temperature four maybe five times
0: soft but it was completely cooked i shredded the whole thing it was cooked but it was so moist from the um brining i've never seen eaten touched a chicken like that it was so weird it was yeah. like I don't, I don't even know how to explain it but it was so good and it was so juicy uh and we're gonna have it for two more days mm-hmm.
1: yeah it was cool it turned out really nice put a little rub on that bad boy threw it in pulled it out and it was uh quite delicious
0: yum yum okay so the is that it
1: so that's the high of my week and the best part of my week that's the high of your week and the best part of your week no
0: it well,
1: was the hardest part of your week babe
0: why do i have to start with that i want to start with the best part I just you got just all, did. I just got all amped up listening to you talk about barbecue. The best part of my week was Sunday Father's Day. Oh,
1: that was a good time too.
0: Father's Day, mamas had mama, mama had mama's day on Father's Day.
1: <laughs> it was kind of a good blend.
0: We went out of town to family um, who live closer to the coast, so it was like cooler weather there. And it's been, it had been like a hundred and ten here for like four days, and I, five days, I like melt in the heat. I hate it. So we went. It was 75, it was breezy, it was cool, it was so nice. They have a pool, they have a barbecue, someone else cooked my food, they gave me tri-tip and potato salad and delicious chips. They gave us all the food that we could want and wine, I love wine. They I have went a hammock. swimming with, with babies and squishies and nieces and cousins and it was mm-hmm. so relaxing and it was just so nice to get out of the heat. And I think my new favorite activity is drinking and swimming
1: it was pretty fun and like we're having so much fun normally we try to it was a sunday it was before work tried to get home at a reasonable time i think we got there at one and we like left to come home at like eight thirty.
0: yeah thankfully olivia took a nap while we were there so we got to actually hang out like for a regular day it was so fun it was a blast so that was definitely my high it was just honestly so refreshing getting out of the heat sitting in the hammock just enjoying myself
1: two highs are allowed we can work with that
0: um. What was the hardest part of your week?
1: Uh, you can go first. I need to think about that for a sec.
0: The hardest part of my week was having to have a hard conversation with my boss about a transition I will be taking. And that is all I will say.
1: Those are always hard conversations. <sighs> yeah. I think mine was going to the board of supervisors last week. It was rough. It was a little nervous. I had to speak in front of some people, but I did it. I was successful. Great and job. That's that.
0: Good job. So both of us had hard work weeks. That's real. Um, cool. So
1: <laughs> transition. Oh, wait, hold
0: on. Oh, hold on, people. Rewind it. We haven't been here in like three weeks, right? And so something that's been my high over the past three weeks, like a long term high is roll, please
1: our saturday
0: morning routine
1: oh i forgot about that we do it every saturday somehow i forget we go to taco bell
0: what don't tell them that part
1: oh well, that's part of it <laughs> we go garage daddy sailing. goes to taco bell
0: we go garage sailing on saturday mornings and it's so fun we started when i was pregnant during covid because we had nothing to do well and you've never been
1: like a big yard sailor it,
0: my, i was never allowed to growing up
1: and we saw like some signs randomly one day and i was like hey you want to go yard sale and she was like uh yeah there's nothing else to do it's covid and i'm pregnant and, and it's hungry. outside yeah so anyways, outside.
0: it started like a whole thing. And now every Saturday we go with Olivia. We take $20 out of our account and and just say like, what can we find for 20 bucks type of a thing? Mm-hmm. It's so fun. There's always so many within like a five mile, 10 mile radius of us. And we found, we find so many treasures we're very careful about what we get we don't just like go crazy and get a bunch of random little stuff we only get things that are amazing or a, a, a great steal like we got like some really expensive nice baby toys for 25 cents for Liz.:
1: 25 cents each i looked at target uh yesterday the day before and they were 14.99 each mm-hmm. for the same stuff we got them for a quarter brand yeah. new maybe chewed on a um, little bit but come on it's a baby
0: we found her like a ball pit that she really likes
1: for free for free We've wait, gotten wait, wait.
0: some really nice wine glasses, garage saline, that would have been like $150, and we got them mm-hmm. for
1: $5. they are Rydell's. They're the shit. We Top of the line wine glass. We got
0: a really awesome radio flyer um, wagon, wagon for, for Liv as she gets a little bit older. It has backrests and juice box holders. It's so cute. So anyways, we find good stuff. And I started an Instagram to show everything, to showcase all of our finds because... We've really killed it on yard sales, and it's just, like, inspired me because you not only can you save money, but it really is good for the environment. You're buying things that aren't coming in, pl- like, plastic packaging. The whole thing that you learn in elementary school of, like, reduce, reuse, recycle. It's reduce, reusing, and reloving things and giving them a second life, and I just... I don't know it's all around good I love it it's fun it's a Saturday morning thing where we go out we still have our whole day after that but it's like such a fun way to start the day and get out of the house and Squish loves it she loves to yard sale with us and it's just
1: she a- likes to be out and seeing people and she's always up at 7 8 a.m so we grab some coffee grab some breakfast kind of ease into our morning and then most of the time by 8 8 30, we're on the road searching for those sales which normally start around 8 or eight thirty. 30.
0: And if you didn't know Taco Bell has breakfast they do. and we always end up at Taco Bell or Chick-fil-A because they both have breakfast.
1: Yeah we should do Chick-fil-A this week.
0: I agree I'm kind of over the breakfast taco situation. Um, It's been really fun. So all in all we've we're doing good with life.
1: Yeah things are going good. We're busy busier than I think we've ever been but we are also more in love than we've ever been. Um, I think it's <laughs> It's true. We know each other better, we are more conscientious of what the other person needs. We make efforts to hear the other person out, to talk, to communicate, you know. Um her love language is words, so I try to express the love that I have for her and how good she's doing and you know how I understand it's hard being a mom and just literally every aspect and then mine's touched so she's made extra effort to show me that <laughs> affection that you know you don't get on a hard long day when you're busy cleaning the dishes and Going to work and getting up early and doing all that stuff, so.
0: A.K.A. we're boning.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Better than ever.
0: I know. I was talking to a friend about this, and it's so interesting how in marriage you go through highs and lows with, like, your sex life, and a lot of the time it's not even for a reason necessarily when you go through a drought or a period where you just don't have good sex or you don't really want to have sex with each other or you're just not into it it happens like it just happens and then randomly it'll also happen when all of a sudden it's like on fire and you feel like a porn star for no reason and things are super hot and then I'm sure in a couple months it'll be like "Eh, I'm good
1: Yeah, so we're we're um, riding that seven year wave of feeling like a porn star.
0: Well, what's funny is they say (laughs) we're going to be married seven years next month. Yeah. Wait, six years?
1: Six years together, seven years.
0: What? I honestly forget. Six years married. Because we got married in 2015. Six years together.
1: Seven and a half. Eight. Round up to eight.
0: We met in the fall. Mm
1: -hmm. We met in October. We got married in July. That's eight months. Give or take a half a year.
0: Do you want to fight about this?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Eight years and six years.
0: Anyways, they say that there's a seven-year itch, but we're not feeling it.
1: I think the itch was for more sex.
0: Ew. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, I don't think anyone wants to hear about our sex life. Okay.
1: You're lost. Anyways... Yard selling is the shit. You guys should try it out Saturday mornings. Get that cup of coffee, roll out, have yourself a drink of that coffee, and offer somebody a quarter. You never know. They might just take it.
0: it sounds like a commercial. <laughs> <laughs> like an inspiring <laughs> commercial. Um, okay. I wanted to chat. I honestly don't actually have a, a solid plan for this podcast, but there were some things that I was thinking about, and... I thought that we could talk about it. So I was in the bathroom at work and I was having this thought and I was like, man, I'm so proud of myself. Like I have come such a long way, especially with the circumstances going on in my life right now in terms of jobs. I was like, oh man, I am so awesome. And then I had this thought of, no, you're not awesome. God's awesome. God is the one who does things for you because growing up in a church culture, you're taught that god does everything and it's all him and i understand that god does organize things and orchestrate them but there's this weird paradox where it's like you don't exist you're a worm you are sucky you're terrible you could do nothing good it's all god and it's like no that's not true i am good and i do do good things and i do accomplish things because of my own doing if it was a hobo across the street nothing personal go hobos he wouldn't be in the same situation I'm in he wouldn't be able to accomplish what I accomplished and the reason why I'm proud of myself so it isn't just oh it's all God no it's me too
1: and you're on your own path like so the reason that that person wouldn't accomplish the same same things that you've accomplished is because you you choose your own path you choose your own way so God gives you free will God lets you pick the direction and make the choices in your life and then he helps you to get the best out of those, I think.
0: So it was just like a weird moment where I realized, man, the church fucked me up, man. I i am so happy that I finally left working in ministry. It's exactly what my soul needed. It's exactly what my heart needed. But it's very interesting, kind of like unwinding all of the like little things and little beliefs that have happened over the course of my life that have been ingrained into me and having these little moments of like catching myself and being like, is that true? Do I believe that? Or why would I believe that? Um, It's almost like we're taught to have no confidence because God is everything and we're just worms. And that's not true at all. And like, so Eric and I actually... Um, I had Christian radio stations programmed into my car on my presets, and it was irritating me so much every time I'd scroll by and hear them, because I'm in a stage, it's just a stage. Christians get so like freaked out if someone's um, in a different place in their faith or deconstructing, and it's interesting because it doesn't leave any room for like variety and for growth. Uh, Christians have this idea that you need to wake up every morning, have your coffee, read your Bible don't doubt God, be worthless, be um a worm, be nothing, he is everything, he is glorified, go to bed, do it all over again, and it's like, where's room for relationship, where's room for growth, and questioning, and deconstructing, and wondering, and pondering, and so, that's kind of where I've been at lately, and at my stage currently, I can't listen to Christian music without being really triggered because of my past job working in Christian music, um, and seeing the terrible things that happen in the industry, but also just seeing how fake some of it is and how fake some of the lyrics are and how um self deprecating so much Christian music is. The core of it is I'm worthless or I'm broken or um I am nothing and it was really interesting because I was scrolling through the other day and the two stations were like back to back and I switched on one really quick and the song lyrics said like I am worthless and I was like Ugh! and I switched it to the next one and the next one the song lyrics said like I am nothing and I was just like oh my god this is what they're selling people and you wonder why Christians like have no confidence and feel like shit about themselves and think that the only good thing about them is God. I have a revelation for you. The only good thing about you isn't God. He is awesome too, but you are too because he made you and you're your own being and he's his own being and we're allowed to exist in our awesomeness without just like constantly being like, I'm a piece of shit. So anyways, that's a long rant, but we took the Christian stations off of my car radio. I've never been happier because I just needed a break from... (sighs) Religious people and sayings and beliefs and indoctrination, where I'm like, I don't believe that. Like, I don't believe that we are helpless and powerless and and crappy people. I believe that we're strong and amazing and beautiful and should be proud of ourselves and we're killing it. And does that make sense?
1: Yeah, totally. And like, nothing you're saying is wrong. Like, God doesn't want you to feel worthless. God doesn't want you to feel inept. Like, God, God is with you and promoting you and all of that. Like, that's what it's about he builds you up
0: i mean it's not even that it's just i don't know so anyways um i don't know where i was going with this but basically i was having a converse uh, it's just been a really triggering week in terms of like spirituality an old pastor of mine has come uh, like who was really um narcissistic and abusive and just has Problems. He's come back into the media for some things that have happened recently. And it's been really triggering to listen to his statements and just kind of relive like parts of it and realize like spiritual abuse is so real and so rampant in the Americanized church. And what's so hard about spiritual abuse is the person who's spiritually abusing you makes you think that God wants that and that he wants that for you and that this is his will actually and God told me to do this and if you're a good christian you'll listen and it's actually your problem and you should probably get your shit straight and stop being such a dirty sinner and there's just so much shame that can be heaped onto you in the church and i'm just really struggling with that so i was talking to a coworker today who is amazing i love her and we were talking about our journeys that we've had with spirituality in the church <clears throat> because she's had similar issues to me, um, in in terms of church. And we actually went to the same church for a while. And she was talking about how her son who worked at the church for a while, um, started to kind of see some like issues behind the scenes with the church workers and the ministry of how they're really racist, um, and sexist and that things came to the surface and, that there was statements and jokes and groups and sayings and beliefs that were just very sexist and very racist and how he came to kind of doubt the church and just need space and need time away and how they ended up leaving over it because it just got worse, and things came out, and I was like, unfortunately, I totally get it, and my story is so similar to yours, and I, there's just so much that's wrong with the Americanized church right now, and don't hear me saying that every church is evil or bad. I don't believe that. I do think that there are good churches. I do think that there are genuine, lovely, beautiful, kind, humble pastors who just want what's best for people and, and for God, but I don't think that that's very common. There's this like plague in the Americanized church. If you open your eyes, if you research anything about deconstruction, if you read an article about the Americanized church, just about how toxic it is for people and how spiritual abuse is rampant, sexual abuse, emotional abuse, um, sexism, racism, (laughs) elitism. It's just, I told Eric, like it just feels like this like boys club and it's getting... I don't even know where I'm going with this conversation. I'm just feeling really fired up today because it, it's, it's getting been, out of
1: control. It's just been a week. You feel kind of helpless. As someone who attends churches, you don't want this person on the flat on a platform thinking that they're bigger than life. And, I, you know, we've talked about it a couple of times that you get these people that are all dressed perfectly and hair combed perfectly and just up there talking about, you know, something that happened with their wife and then trying to bring back that back to the Bible or something like that or or just a, a like their God. whole like just, sermon
0: is a forty five minute personal story about how they traveled to France and this one thing happened and then they relate it to one Bible verse and they're like, Have a good week and you're like, wait, what?
1: Yeah, and I understand talking about like relational stuff, but you know, it's important to do scripture and stuff there too. But um that being said, it just feels like some of these mega churches are, are getting away from god the The
0: thing about money you're saying
1: the higher that somebody else goes in their own individual um preacherism or whatever you call it i feel like they start talking about their experiences and what they believe and it gets away from god and a lot of it doesn't relate to god a lot of it's you know most church or i guess not most churches but a lot of the ones we've been to lately you get maybe one line of scripture or something very minimal and that's the whole sermon and it's just that the sheep aren't being fed i think
0: i think that they're also being abused and neglected and yeah i I totally agree with you
1: um but yeah back to the money thing though what 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 was bugging me about the last couple churches we go to is you know it's give or take an hour sermon maybe an hour and a half and for the last seven years of my church experience the first half hour is you need to give us money you need to do this because of this and because of this and all this stuff and it's like you wonder where that money goes. Is it actually give, being given to people who need it or is it going to, you know, the high quality dress clo- code and the...
0: And the skinny jeans. Or you can be a part of a church like me where the pastor's embezzled all of it.
1: Yeah, or making it a concert atmosphere rather than something intimate or, you know, there's just so Or you can many... work
0: for the biggest ministry in the U.S. and see how they use their money and be very disgusted with the fact that widows and orphans and people who are donating such a small amount per month they're donating their ten dollars because it's all they have and then seeing how it's used to buy another coffee maker for the pastor or just this ridiculous thing that's become ministry um and then so something else that's been really interesting and i want to talk about it because it's pride month i think it's still pride month yeah it's pride month um the whole church american church being against gay people thing is like getting really old and believe what you will. Think what you will. You're allowed to have your thoughts and beliefs. And if you think that it's wrong and you're not for it, that's fine. I wasn't either, to be honest with you. For the first 25 years of my life, I thought that they were wrong and bad and dirty and gross. And then I learned and I grew up and I started researching and actually looking into things and realized, holy shit, I've been completely ignoring and and demonizing an entire group of people and something that's really interesting that you can look into is in 1964 i believe it was um a council of bible interpreters came together to interpret a bible the bible and um put in the word uh homosexual uh and i'm i might not be telling the exact story perfectly it's like a movie or a documentary that they just made called 1964 but basically these dudes, of course it's men, came together, this Bible council, and they put homosexual in the Bible. And if you actually look at the Greek interpretation, the word means um, man, um, a man lover of boy, and it means a pedophile. So they took the word, the Greek word pedophile and they decided to put it as homosexual. And they published it, and someone wrote into them and said, Hi, I just want you to know that this misinterpretation is going to be really dangerous moving forward, and that if you don't change it, if you leave it as homosexual, you are going to create a, a war for an entire group of, group of people moving forward. And they predicted that so accurately. Um, and the Bible Council actually decided, You're right, that was wrong, but it's already unpublished, and we can't change it. And it created a year. I mean, nineteen sixty four. It's created fifty years created of what you see hatred today. and um, just such a Struggle. divide between a, a a group of people. And I just think it's so interesting that it was like a man made problem. You know, God. Uh, I just. I don't know, I don't think it's as bad as people, I don't think it's bad at all, but I don't think it's as bad as these Christians are saying it is. I think so often we stand on these beliefs because we were taught it, it was our rhetoric, and it was repeated to us by a pastor, or a trusted person, or a parent, because they learned it from this person, and they learned it from this person, and they were told by this pastor because of 1964, and because of um, just false beliefs from the past, or Christians being afraid, or being hateful, And it has to stop like I just am so over these beliefs being passed down that are hurting people and neglecting people and ostracizing an entire group of people you wonder why gays feel so judged by Christians it's because you can't say everyone always says growing up that it's you know love the sinner hate the sin no that's not love if you if you have to say love the person but hate what they do and who they are that's not love that's an agenda.
1: Wow, you're killing it right now. I'm just upset. I love it.
0: I'm really upset. I just
1: I think the the biggest thing that I'm hearing kind of come out of your head, like it's I love God,
0: but the church is hurting people and I'm not okay with that.
1: Yes. And but looping back to kind of like the beginning of what you were talking about is people aren't asking why. And when you ask why are you step away from big church or you question, you know, some of the things that are in the Bible or whatever, like that promotes so much growth. Like if you're gonna ask why and you're gonna dig into it yourself and look into it or yeah. you know, read the Bible or do research on it, like that makes you grow so much more. Yeah. But Christians big, big can churches be want you to come and sit in their bubble and say, Yes, ma'am, yes, sir. We
0: get afraid to ask questions because we don't wanna be ostracized and we don't wanna be sinners, right? But God isn't afraid of our questions and He is not afraid of our wonderings and our explorings, and actually I think that's where Holy Spirit is. Um, when you finally leave the box of religion or the boxes that people have told you to believe in and you just say, why? Where did this come from? Who decided that things were going to be like this? Because at the end of the day, truth isn't afraid and truth will stand. And so you can explore and tear down things that are bullshit or based in hatred or just based in a man wanting power and to establish themselves and to create some like mega church that's not even God's will.
1: Yeah, it's it's a crazy world and there's a lot of things that aren't pure anymore so it's, it's okay to ask questions it's okay to be yourself it's okay to to branch off of the norm and to love your neighbor
0: <laughs> yeah
1: so that was deep
0: i've had actually like more fun and felt more spiritual being away from the church and traditionalized bullshit than i felt when i was like in the church i always wanted so badly to be the perfect christian girl and to be like the one on the podium and to be flawless and to be applauded and when I decided like to give up on that is actually when I felt the most free and the most proud of myself and the most loved which is what I was longing for um I don't know it's just so fun it's so fun to like explore things that you were taught were evil or bad because God can do it with you he doesn't leave you he can be with you when you're talking about astrology with a friend or looking into the meaning of the stars. He created the stars. He used the stars to talk to the wise men. And everything in this world and on this earth and in the planet has uh, meaning. So how dumb are we to think that the only things that God can use to talk to us are right here on this earth in the Bible when he created all of it? And obviously, it all has a point and a bigger purpose.
1: Yeah he literally orchestrated every little detail of it and took the time to put the beauty in it and to to make it appealing to make you interested to make you want to ask questions about it
0: yeah and then something else that you and I were talking about was the problem with purity culture which I mean that could be like its own podcast um there are podcasts actually there's some really good ones on purity culture and deconstructing purity culture and how damaging it's been growing up in an era of purity rings and your body is a your body belongs to your husband and um he takes pieces if you have sex before marriage they're taking pieces of you like it's just such bullshit and it's also sexist and um, It's so degrading, and it's also very objectifying to women that you are your vagina. <laughs> and it's like, mm, no, I have a vagina, and actually I can decide how to use it and when to use it, and actually it doesn't determine uh my worth. So thanks for that. But I was telling you how silly it is that this purity culture, like and what i grew up in says not only is sex before marriage bad but masturbating is bad and it's like where does it say that in the bible some weird misinterpreted scripture about not spilling your seed mm, no i'm good that's not <laughs> that's not enough proof for me and also god made our bodies and they're good he called it good he called our bodies good so how could it be bad i told eric how fucking stupid it is that people can tell you that masturbating is a sin because it's a part of your body and it's the same thing if someone told you you can't use tips to clean inside your ears because inside your ears is a really (laughs) sexy place and you can't touch it because it'll be sinful that would be absolutely fucking crazy we can touch every other parts of our body but there's like this weird like no-no zone (laughs) what it
1: it goes back to what i just said about god made everything and he made it beautiful and made it appealing like you're part of that you're made in his image you're you're every detail about you is made in a specific way like he designed an orgasm to feel good
0: whether you're alone or with a partner, here's the thing. Your sexuality belongs to you. My sexuality belonged to me from the moment I was born. My sexuality doesn't belong to my husband. It doesn't suddenly get uh, turned on like a light switch and awakened when I get married because it's for him. No, no. My vagina is for me, my pleasure, and my sexuality is for me. And I get to share that. How much more powerful would marriages be if both partners came into it saying, my sexuality belongs to me, my penis belongs to me, my vagina belongs to me, and I want to enjoy it with you, I want to share it with you, I want to experience it with you. That's autonomy. That's healthy.
1: That's relationship.
0: And I plan on raising a daughter who is uh sexually aware and sexually positive and underst not that i'm going to be like go have sex but someone who understands this is your vagina this is your vulva this is what consent is this is why you're so beautiful it's this is a part of your body it's not your whole body this is the power of a woman and her womb and the energy that it carries and how your womb is like your creative space and i want to teach her about her body in a positive way because in the christian church growing up everything was so negative and sinful and scary and then you wonder why christians are like closet porn addicts or cheat on their wife because there's so much sexual dysfunction because there was never any sexual health how can you have a sexually healthy expressive marriage when you were taught like out of fear
1: yeah don't look at this don't do this and then all of a sudden everything was like, no you're married and it's like oh turn on the switch because now you can do all this stuff that you couldn't do before because it was so sinful
0: it's crazy and i think that something else this week's just been really triggering i know i already said that but i'm as we're talking i'm realizing it more and more so the thing that happened with my old pastor being in the media um i was thinking about my my accomplishments recently and feeling guilty about them and realizing like how we were ingrained to think that like we do nothing god does everything and then um oh i forgot what i was gonna say um the sexuality thing what were we just talking about uh
1: purity culture
0: oh it flew out of my brain it was such a good point (laughs) um yeah Yeah, it's gone. I don't know.
1: (laughs) Floating out in space (laughs) somewhere. (laughs) Sorry, guys. In the neighbor's yard. Who knows? Anyways,
0: I'm feeling really fired up, and it's just nice to have a place to process with all of you because what's so interesting is I think uh, Glennon Doyle said this on her podcast. I can't take credit for it. She said, what's funny is the more honest your conversation becomes the more relatable you get and we think that the more honest our conversation is the more um, polarizing will be when in reality the more honest you are actually the more relatable you are and the more um, you attract people to you because they say oh my gosh me too oh my gosh I thought that too oh my gosh I had that wound Mm -hmm. or I've thought that or I've struggled with that
1: it's relational it's it's real it's being able to share your story like uh, some of the best conversations I've ever had are are people who ask why why are things like this why do we do things like this why do you believe this and sometimes it opens your eyes to why do I believe that makes you ask the question too and then you you look into things or you have more conversations like that's what life's about it's about growing together and asking those questions and learning and figuring out who you are and what you believe god's a part of all that yes yeah.
0: the americanized christian church is very defensive and they really don't like being challenged and something that i think is so interesting that really stuck with me is i read this book on prayer and, um, it was talking about the Orthodox Jews and how they pray and what their church looks like and what their communion com- communities look like. And, um, it was so interesting. I was talking about how like every night the, the men of, of the community get together, these Jewish men, and they sit around a table and they argue about the Bible and they talk about, I think God meant this when he said that. And the other guy says, no, I think he meant this. And then someone says, but Moses said this, or, but this guy said this. and all they do every night is argue and they love it and they go home and say all right good night Brad. That was fun. <laughs> and it was so eye-opening to me because I realized like these holy men get their spiritually um, their spiritual mindedness out by contemplating and arguing and challenging each other and that's something that the Americanized Church has none of oh honey if you challenge, if you question, if you ask, you're excommunicated and you're a sinner. Get out of here before you can like condemn everyone else and uh or like you're toxic. You got to go. And it's just it was it was freeing for me reading about this these Jewish men and realizing like they're like the holy men of their community and they ask questions all the time. So, it's obviously not a problem with me. It's a problem with this Americanized church.
1: Yeah. So go ask some questions. Learn something. If your
0: paper houses are so fragile that a question knocks them over, then maybe it's you and not me.
1: Lots to process, babe. Sorry. This is a very deep podcast. I like it. It's kind of like our conversation normally, but now we're sharing it with the world. And
0: it's just like longer and more in depth. Whereas I'll mention something to you in passing that's bothering me. Sometimes it's nice to actually just pull it apart. It's like a therapy yeah. session, honestly.
1: Yeah, it really is.
0: Thanks, guys. Free therapy.
1: Free therapy.
0: Publicly. <laughs> Anyways, um yeah.
1: So if you guys have any stories about stepping out of the norm or finding yourself or asking or why, we'd love to hear them.
0: A support and someone to say, "I see you. I don't have the answers either, but I love you and I'm in this with you and you're not alone." Cuz it can feel really lonely. Um especially when your family might not be in that in in that same place or your friends might not be in that same place or your parents or whoever it is in your community it can feel very isolating and so just know that you're not alone and that like I said truth isn't afraid of being questioned because truth is truth and God is very God is very confident in his position and your questions aren't gonna knock him off his throne he's got it he's not afraid he's uh, got you I
1: think he wants him I think he welcomes him
0: I he think loves that, the
1: relationship that you're trying to have by asking those questions.
0: I mean, I've personally seen the Holy Spirit works the most and the best in in that gray area. Yeah. All right. Well, I really just want to cuddle in bed with you and watch Bachelorette.
1: We can do that. That sounds so like magical. That. We
0: can't well, have sex again.
1: Everybody, have a good I night.
0: Think I'm all sexed out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thanks for hanging with us. Thanks for learning with us. Griffin Unfiltered.
0: Yeah, make sure that you go like um, our Instagram, uh, Griffin Unfiltered Podcast. Make sure that you like and subscribe to our podcast so that you get the notification when we have our new episodes. Leave a review if you want. And if you want to go follow my new garage sale account. Ooh, do it. <laughs> uh, where I post everything we find at garage sales. You should go like it. And the, it's at this garage saled home.
1: Check it out. It's worth the trip.
0: All right. Bye.
1: Have a good night. See you later.